is The Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XM OutQ. That is a new single by our friend Eric Hassel. He's been working hard, hasn't he? That track is called Natural Born Lovers. It is five past the hour, Thursday morning, October 22nd. I'm Larry Flick, and you're listening to The Jolt on Sirius XM LQ. Still ahead this morning, Deborah Norville on her new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Think Possible, and, of course, hosting Inside Edition for 20 years. We're also going to be visited by Bobby Flay. He has a new book called Brunch at Bobby's, 140 Recipes for the Best Part of the Weekend. Right now, we're joined by a young fellow named Josh Sabara, and uh, he's had quite an interesting life, and uh, you can read about it in his uh, his memoir called Porn Again. Hello, Josh. Hi, Larry. I'm so happy to be here. It's very nice to have you. Very, very nice to have you here. So, um, who are you? <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> Obviously, I know who you are. But, uh, but you, you have a very, very interesting story. People have been have been curious to know who you are in, um, in terms of how you you went from being uh, kind of on the uh, the business side of uh, the entertainment industry to being in front. So why don't you give us like a a little elevator pitch, as they call it, on what what's going on? Well, you're right. I started as a, a marketing and publicity executive for movies and television, and sort of on the cusp of my fortieth birthday, I would say around thirty seven, thirty eight. I just sort of started to realize that. The entertainment industry, in term, it, it was a hobby for me that I turned into a career. And because I had been so, I grew up sort of feeling so marginalized and not good enough. And I felt like working in that business sort of perpetuated that and really wasn't good for me. While I enjoyed, you know, it looks glamorous on the outside. It can be soul crushing when you're in the middle of it. Yeah, it's it's not glamorous. Exactly. It's, I, I mean, I, the glamour is the 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 sixty second piece you see on Entertainment Tonight or Access Hollywood. Yeah. It looks great, but it, you know, it's 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 a business that's hard to be in, and there are a lot of people who work in the business who you know, it's sort of I say it's like the Emperor's New Clothes, but bought from a consignment shop. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of. It's just it, it it can be very difficult, especially for someone who has you know, not not felt sort of whole their whole life, so right. to speak. So it just sort of was the time for me to tell my story. And the book is sort of a an end to chapter one of my life and the start of the second half. And so you are, you're gay identified. Yes. Um, when did you come out? I came out when I was 30. 30. And I was a virgin until I was 31. And so what were you doing up until you were 30? Were you dating, were you dating women? Were no. you Were you living a straight life? No. I was living living a a work 24 hours a day life was sort of a cover. Were you thinking were you thinking that you might be asexual? No, I knew when I was about five that there was something different and whatever, but never asexual. I always knew I was interested in men. It just, you know, I, I, I was bullied from the time I was six. Okay. And the first time it happened was with a camp counselor at a day camp. And, you know, when, when, when you're told that early that there's something not right about you or right. you're being made fun of, and then it happened consistently through elementary school, junior high, high school, I sort of resolved that whatever this was was 
not something that I wanted to deal with. Mm-hmm. And also when you're young, you worry about how your family's going, how the dynamic between, I'm very close to my family, you know, we're, we're East Coast Jews and we talk all the time and you sort of worry about how the dynamic between you and the people who care about you supposedly unconditionally might change when they know this information that people on the outside are making fun of you for. So uh, you came out when you were 30. What what finally pulled you out? I was at an event and seated next to a very handsome guy. And it just sort of got, it was just sort of the, the, the breaking point. It was just, it was like, you know, I'm not living my life. I have the car, the house, the career, every, all of my ducks were in a row. Because you were working for Disney. At the beginning, that was as an assistant. That was the start of the of but my still, career. yeah, still you were you know I mean I was at a, Disney, I was at Warner Brothers, I was at New Line, right? Yeah, you were you were you were in it. Oh yeah, and at, at a very senior level. At a, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, what happened when you turned thirty one? Thirty one is when I met when I finally came out at thirty and sort of felt free enough to be dating. I actually met a gentleman who was working, he worked in a, the foreign office, the Australian office um, of the studio I was working for. And so we sort of met working on that movie. And uh, he was the first person I went out, I, I really dated. Mm-hmm. And I think I felt at that time that I was ready to set up a home and just skip all of the things that you do between 18 and 30. But, you know, that's not really, you know, that was what was going to happen in my head. But I tried it. And it wound up not working. <laughs> but um, so he was the first person I slept with. Right. And, you know, just sort of became my partner for five years. So uh, uh, Josh Sabara joining us here on The Jolt. I'm Larry Flake. His book is called Porn Again. So let's talk about where the porn comes in. Well, it's interesting. When people hear the title, the first thing they ask is if I'm a porn star. And obviously I don't have the, you know, the body or for that uh, but no it comes in because porn sort of played a, a role in my it played a role in my coming out and it sort of played a role in ultimately feeling accepted I tell a story at the end of the book about uh, how my parents were visiting LA and I stopped at a porn shop to buy some cards some funny greeting cards and while I was there I finished looking at the cards and I went to look at some of the porn movies while my parents were looking at the cards and they finished and they came and met me in this, they, you know, I see them turn the corner and I'm holding two videos, one called Dawson's Crack and one called Scrotal Recall. And my dad pulls them out of my hand and he looks at them. And you think that he's going to say something, you know, like, what is this? What? I mean, he's a urologist, by the way, so he's very scientific in his thinking about all of it. But he looked at them and he said, these are $60 a piece. Their only concern was the price. Um, and they said to me, well, you know what? We're treating, so you have to pick one. As though I was a seven-year-old who had to pick between a G.I. Joe and a Matchbox car at Toys R Us. And which one did you pick? Uh, well, I got Dawson's Crack, but then I did sneak back once they left and went home to Florida. And I did buy Scrotal Recall, both of which are great if anyone wants to pick them up. <laughs> um, but... Uh, it was just funny because it was sort of the ultimate acceptance. I mean, here I am with the people who are most important in my life. Yeah. And I they they weren't ashamed. They weren't embarrassed. They weren't they, they were just it was me and they were OK with that. And so 
that that's sort of where the title comes from. But you'll see other parts of the book where porn sort of comes into my life. I mean, my favorite porn star wound up being my gardener. I mean, just strange things that happen part. only a, in LA. It's a great part of the book. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very it's a, it's a very uh, clever way of bringing people to your story. Well, yeah, it's 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 um, you know, I, I, and and I think it there are some. I believe there are some really poignant moments of the mm-hmm. book. Sure. And then there are some very, you know, it definitely delivers on the porn title. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> so, absolutely. No, no, it does um, indeed. But it's a very, it's a very, very clever way to, to bring people. I mean, it shows that you do indeed understand marketing. Well, you and know, you understand that's your audience. Tra- that's my, that's my You understand trade. your audience. And so when, uh, I'm curious to know if there's any part of you that, um, I mean, it, it, it all of it hangs together perfectly. It's a great mm-hmm. book, and and it's an it's an app title for reasons other than what people will, will initially think. Right. But is there any part of you that thinks isn't it kind of fucked up that I have to use the word porn to sell this to people? Because if I just say, you know, my story as a you know as a late bloomer or something right. like that, it's gonna just sit there and collect dust. That you know you have to grab people with something like porn. Well, you know, look, all books, you know, half of half of the, the, the process is writing the book and half of the process is selling the book. Mm-hmm. Um, the title for me is really about it's sort of a tongue in cheek, you know, I think clever way of introducing the material. It is. So it wasn't really for shock value or no. simply to sell books. But it is. Um, but it, but it, but it does help. Well, of course. But and also, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. It's not. I'm not calling you out. I'm. I'm. Oh, no, I'm, no, no, I'm asking if you feel like you feel bummed out because you because let's let's be real. People are going to pick this up. Just it's a very cute cover. <laughs> it's very. It's a very. It's so smart, Josh. You know, you're looking very cute. The title it has a '70s font. There's a, there's a, you know, a cock as in a bird. You know, right? <laughs> Which a couple of people have asked me why I'm holding a chicken on the cover, I, and I just say to them, "This book's not for you." Because you're stupid. Because <laughs> you're stupid. Because you're stupid. But I mean, brilliant. I'm saying brilliant, but then every once in a while, you know, when I want, when I, when I, for example, when I'm doing my show and I have to, and I feel like I have to play a song to pull people in, so I'm afraid I've lost right, them. Right. You know, I'll think, why are you so, you know, short-sighted that I have to play to your baser instincts? I, I see. My feeling about it was, yes, obviously, I know there's a marketing hook to it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think it the sensibility of the book it's that very sort of tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. funny like wink wink and even some parts of my story that are particularly dark i tell with sort of a sense of humor which you can do through the rearview mirror of time well they yeah and you're not then. and and my perception of you and it's playing out in person is that Wait. you're not a dark person no no that you're a th- I don't know. Some may argue, but you're, I don't you're think a, so. You're a kind of well, yeah. There, <laughs> there's always on, there's always on one naysayer have. on Facebook, yeah. darling. But no, no, no. I mean, it's, but you are. I would say you're pensive, but I wouldn't say you're dark. And to me, there's a huge difference. So, so that's so, so. You're right. I mean, there is a there there is an element of it that's marketing, but the mm-hmm. but you know what I hope is people will come to the story, mm-hmm. and I think they'll be satisfied on different levels, mm-hmm. and. You know, I feel like what brings people into the tent is great as long as you enjoy what's inside once you get there. And so that's really my philosophy on it. And I felt like it really did speak to my sense of humor and my sensibility. Mm, It does indeed. Again, the book is called Porn Again, the memoir by Josh Sabara, who's joining us here on The Jolt. So um, 
you are also um, now writing for Gay Times, the That's uh, right. the British queer magazine. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with them? I'm doing a sex column. Mm. Mm-hmm. Go on. Do you have any questions? <laughs> uh, maybe, but first, tell me what. So, is it is it's a regular Q and A? Yeah. Uh, well, it's going to be a. It's two pages in each issue. One is an essay or a uh, just sort of some some of my thoughts on whatever the subject is that month, mm-hmm. and then there are about three or four questions from readers that I answer. Um, and it's interesting because what some of what some people write in what they think is the question is not really the question. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like I it, do. you have to drill down a little deeper. Um, you know, they're asking something on the surface and there's sort of more to it. You know, there was a very interesting one that I got that uh, said somebody had a you know, is in a relationship and they was talking about whether masturbation was okay because they're in this satisfying relationship, but his partner didn't like the fact that he walked into the bathroom and found a, you know, a porn magazine open and he was worried that his partner was masturbating to another, you know, by looking at another man and it was causing some friction between Mm. them and not the good kind. And so, uh, his partner started rebuffing him in the bedroom and when he would try to initiate sex, the partner was like, you know what, you've got your magazines. Why don't you go take care of it yourself? Mm. And so what happened was, so he was asking how he could get his relationship back on track. And my concern in a situation like that, and of course I don't necessarily know the length of their relationship or the intensity of their relationship, but my concern is is that sex should never be used as a punishment or a reward. That's a very dangerous proposition. Absolutely. And that's what concerned me more. So his question was, how do I get around this? I need to stop using the porn. I need to stop fantasizing about other people, which is totally normal. Yeah. Totally normal. I mean, who doesn't? It's, you it's, know? it's a lot better than going out and getting it. That's right. That's <laughs> you know, right. That's what I always say. And so, you know... Uh, to me that wasn't the issue the issue was he needs to talk to his partner explain that this is a normal thing Mm -hmm. and that the partner has to stop punishing him by withholding sex i mean that's a that's that's a horrible way to be in a relationship so it's funny his question was one thing but my concern was actually something else well and and i think you're spot on again that's josh sabara joining us here in the jolt um What's interesting is is um, for and I'm sure you've heard this before for someone who um, was a virgin for so you know until a reasonably late you know in life uh, moment although right. you're far from alone in being a virgin until you're 31. I'm sure there are which people, is I mean you wouldn't believe the letters that get. yeah I'm sure yeah. there well I mean I know yeah I know. Um, you are you are very very chill about sex. You're more chill about sex than people who lost their virginity at half half the age. Do you realize that? Yeah, I mean it's it, you know sex. My dad's a urologist. Okay, how funny is that? My father was the person who came to school when they would have the school talks and they would separate the boys and the girls and talk about the boy the birds and the bees and they would explain what nocturnal emissions were mm-hmm. and what a morning hard on meant. My dad was the person they would bring into school to talk. So imagine being this twelve oh year old kid who's being made fun of anyway. You're the, you're and the then kid your with the dick dad. The pecker checker, the dick doc. I mean I yeah, heard it all. Yeah. Uh, and so those kinds of things, sex, sexuality, that kind of thing was conversation in our house that was not taboo or forbidden 
because it was really part of my dad's stock and trade. So how much of that had to do with you waiting? My the waiting had nothing to do with that. The waiting no? the waiting had to do with because it had been so drilled into me that there was something wrong and that I shouldn't I mean, and remember we're talking, you know, I grew up in the late 70s, yeah. 80s. Yeah. So that there was something wrong with my sexuality and I just didn't want to be, you know, it's horrible to be teased all the time or be made fun of all the time or, you know, have people write things on your, your textbooks at school, you know, and I would come back and find the word faggot written on my textbook or, you know, it's horrible to go to, you know, and so I just sort of resolved to keep that to myself as long as I could. And I let work be my cover. Yeah. And, I, you know, the thing is, I also you learn to look for approval wherever you can get it. So, you know, there were subsequent eating problems. And then I had a plastic surgery addiction because I was trying to do all of these things. You know, the, the career, everything I was trying to do on the outside, celebrity friends, you know, whatever yeah. it took to get people to like me, even though they weren't liking me for me. Mm-hmm. So I sort of had to learn. And that's part of what this book is about, sort of learn to let go of those things and step into a more authentic self. And I hope that the message of the book and what people will take away is that it's really never too late to do that. It's never too late, and the book does it brilliantly well. It really, it's a wonderful book. The book, again, is called Porn Again. It's by Josh Sabara, who's joining us here on The Jolt. So um, a little bit of dish before you go. You can have a lot of dish, whatever you want. How much of a is Ricky Lake? I hate her. Well... (laughs) You know, what you you, you said it with for the baby, me. with the with the water and the baby, and the baby in the water. What did you do in your other life? Why you keep marrying gay men is the real question. I want. I to mean, know. Ale- <laughs> listen. Get ahead, Josh. Josh worked on the Ricky Lake show, the one that 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 didn't succeed. Well, and she and I were <laughs> she and I were were very close friends for for a long period of time. And it took me a while. I think I started to see that she was a little toxic for me Mm. early on. And, you know, one of the reasons I let it go is because of the things we were talking about. It was an approval thing. Yeah, because it was Ricky Lake. It was Ricky Lake. If it was like, you know, Jane Doe, you'd be like, Bitch, get out my face! Right, but we're talking Ricky Lake <laughs> as though she's Madonna. I, mean, I know, not quite. I know. But um, the, <laughs> Ricky but, Lake, who's 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 going to be waiting tables at Jenny Jones's house sometimes. <laughs> and I actually know Google. Jenny too. She's Je- Jenny's lovely. I'm I, sure she yeah. is at the um, D'Agostino. <laughs> but the truth is, is that Josh has heard the show before. He knows what he's got himself into. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, is that I am grateful to Ricky because without her, I would not. I think she was the precipitating event like the person who said to me your life doesn't work the people you have around you aren't the right people for you and to be to some degree I'm sort of grateful for that because had she not been in the way I don't yeah. know that I would have realized it as as soon as I needed to so in was a that way, before I think or after deserves... you were you were playing catch for babies in the water oh please with that with the water with the birthing <laughs> of the, with the I can't I can't <laughs> can't even i can't but you know what as i say she deserves more of a thank you than a fuck you in a way all right thank you ricky we hear you're fat again too good yeah i saw that she i saw her on um i saw her on a late night clubhouse talk show yes um yes gaga and uh she she definitely looked like she'd packed on She'd some been pounds. eating through eating through the pain girl we all do 
Mm-hmm. We all do. It's nothing a moo can't hide. Exactly. Food isn't love, but what's love got to do with it, right, Tina? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> sorry. I did all the nice stuff already, y'all. Give me a break. <laughs> so how big is Alan Cummings' dick? Mm. It's big. It big. It's big, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He had he had a, he had sex with Alan Cummings. Yeah, we had a little fling. He was really not happy that I talked about it in the book. I'll bet. Yeah. Although, who doesn't want to be? Well, although, I mean, although, I said that he was. I said you that he was very thoughtful. He's the and thing he is, had a big dick. What more does he want? He's very. He's yeah. the only person who gets it in Josh's book is Ricky Lake. Everybody else who's mentioned, you're very, very, you're very nice. It. And much kinder than I needed to be. You're a lot instances. nicer than I would be. Well, and I'm not even that nice. So I don't know what that says about I, you, Larry. I, I, you, Well, like I said, you've heard the show. <laughs> says everything. Why do you think I'm here? Because I <laughs> exactly. love it. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, I mean, you know, he's British. He, you know, he wasn't that nice to Scottish. you. Scottish. No, he was Scottish, very nice whatever. to me. He was very nice to me. It just, for him, I was just another guy. And to me, it was at a really important yeah impressionable time in my life and it really fucked me up and did johnny yeah. wear bite you he did not bite me because he's into the bite i think right? it was more the other way around mm. he was very submissive in that scenario she, well was she wearing a chanel tea back when you did her no. no no she's very that no there was nothing on at that point it started with a robe and a pair of underwear and it ended but was it a robe or was it a kimono him. not a kimono it wasn't a kimono no. No. Was it a peignoir? No, it was actually, <laughs> it was a black hotel, it was a white hotel robe. <laughs> it wasn't even his own, it was issued by the hotel. Oh, ooh, see now that's the shade. Who wants to wear, I mean, who knows who was in that exactly. before you? That's the shade that Miss Fashionista was wearing a hotel issued robe. I mean, the, the other thing that makes me laugh, going back to Ricky for a second, is yes. you know, whenever we'd go somewhere, she'd want me to. I'd stay in the hotel rooms with her, yeah. and um, so, so she you would need the mini. She needs a mini bar, and she'd blame it on you. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think. No, no, no. <laughs> I have so many things I want to say. <laughs> um, but she would get right in a hotel bathtub. And to me, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> yeah, you know, you have to you have to kind of like, you know, hose it down with hot water first. Hot water? I mean, like an alcohol bath. Yeah. I mean, who knows what some... I know what people do in, that, in there. Yeah. I mean, so whenever I see that and people get, like, just sit right down and put the water, I'm like, ugh. It's all going okay. up, and that's why that's why she has to give birth underwater because she has to clean the thing. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Josh Sabara, his book is called Porn Again. Look for his column in Gay Times, and I hope you'll come back and see us again. I will. And can we just mention that I'm signing books tonight at Peak in Grand Central? Yes, if at Peak in Grand Central. What time are you there? From five to seven. Tonight. From five to seven. Go see him. He is adorable, and the book is honestly. I, I, I read. A, I actually have a. A hard copy now. Thank you for that, because I love hard copy books. I was reading the PDF uh, uh, up until this morning. So, oh my I God. wanted you to have. You know, to me, I buy the I buy e- e-books, yeah, I don't but like I, e-books. I have to have the physical book you gotta as have well. The physical so book. I wind up spending double. I know. I but know. what I did, what what we did with my book on on Amazon mm-hmm. is, if you buy the physical book you can get the ebook for i think two dollars yeah. so that i because i always feel like i'm paying twice for the same thing. yeah so yeah. i didn't want people to feel like they couldn't have both but you need the hard copy but yeah but yeah. read the book it's really good it's so sweet it's really sweet and it's a great story it's a very relatable story actually it's called porn again it's by josh sabara stick around there's more to come on the jolt and- 